Hello, and thank you for listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. I am Teresa Kuhn, helping you live wealthier. Resources are available for you at livingwealthyradio.com. Welcome to Living Wealthy Radio. This is Teresa Kuhn, and I'm delighted to introduce to you Ryan Fowler, who's a graduate of Brigham Young University and the founding and managing member of the Privacy and Financial Shield Company. He has trained and mentored and consulted for dozens of attorneys nationwide and professionals in regards to wealth preservation matters, and he's the author of two books, on asset protection and estate planning, including the best-selling book, Asset Protection and Financially Unsafe Times, which was co-authored by Dr. Arnold Goldstein. And why is this important to you? It's important to you because as people build their financial warehouse, right, they're building up and storing up assets, they are focused on building those assets, but not focusing on preserving their assets many, many times. And what we teach here at Living Wealthy Radio and at Living Wealthy Financial is to build a battleship, a battleship so strong that no matter what happens in the world of finances, you're protected. And what you've worked so hard to build, you minimize the risk of losing it. Welcome to Living Wealthy Radio, Ryan. So, Ryan, so nice to have you on Living Wealthy Radio again. Thanks, Teresa. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you became an expert in this asset protection field. Well, as you know, I do estate planning as well as asset protection. And what got me into it is 16 years ago, I had a business that failed. And from that business failing, I saw firsthand how credit uh, creditors can come after um, come after people when they sign, you know, personal guarantees. Um, also, right at the time my business failed, there was a friend of my family. Uh, he was in Texas. He had a company that put stucco on buildings, and he was working on a huge apartment project. And uh, he was only doing the stucco on the apartment, but someone else put in the foundation wrong. He told the project manager is being put in wrong. Project manager said be taken care of. It wasn't. And uh, everyone got sued on the project. He got a judgment against him for $2 million, uh, for something he didn't do, for something someone else did. And he lost his business and had to start over. So at the time when my business failed, I thought my limited liability company protected me. Uh, it didn't from personal guarantees. I saw the unfair thing happening to my family friend, and I decided to do something about it so that um, I and my friend and others wouldn't be taken advantage of again. So I got into asset protection. I researched night and day. I took um, um, you know, certain uh, courses, read court cases, and I wrote my first book. And when I wrote my first book, back in this was back in 2003, there is a lot of misinformation in this field of asset protection. It's only over the last uh, 15 years or so become mainstream. And so I researched everything out to dispel what is myth and what really works. And every position I took in my book was backed by a law or court case. And some attorneys and CPAs and other professionals got their hands on it and refer me business and um, 
it took off. And then I uh, wrote my second book with Dr. Arnold Goldstein, who had done asset protection over 40 years. Uh, and he handled over 20,000 cases his law firm did while, while he was alive and uh, saw firsthand from that what really works and what really doesn't because several hundred of his clients got sued eventually. And so got the experience from him, uh, got the second book written with him, worked on several cases with him, and that brings me more or less to today. Wow. So Dr. Arnold Goldstein was considered like the godfather or the grandfather of asset protection. I think he did it longer than than anyone else. Yeah, he did it for 43 years until he passed away in 2011. And you bring up a lot of good points in in that introduction. One is uh, life happens, crap happens. I share that with my clients all the time. And, you know, people put so much attention and focus in building wealth but not as much attention into protecting the wealth that they're building. And I use the analogy of, you know, a dinghy versus a battleship. You know, people, and it doesn't matter how much they're worth, but they are traveling along the ocean, this ocean of life that we've got, right? And they're they're traveling along on a dinghy. Even if they're worth millions and millions of dollars, their dinghy isn't going to protect them from when life happens and life does happen. And the analogy I use with the battleship is, hey, don't you want to build up a battleship? And asset protection is so important in building up that battleship, right? Yeah, it is. And what I tell people is you may only um, get into dire straits once in the next 20 or 30 years. But if you do, you'd be glad you did um, some planning beforehand. If, you know, I have people call me where they're already in trouble, whether it's bankruptcy or divorce or they're getting sued. And if they're already in trouble, I either cannot do planning for them or the planning is has, has a lot lower chance of working because there's a set of laws um, that are set in place to, to keep you from evading creditors if you do planning after they've already materialized. And most of us, if we think about it, most of us know one or three or four people who had really bad issues happen upon them, uh, you know, bankruptcy, divorce, or getting sued, or having tax issues, and they just got eaten alive, and that could be us. And so we do the planning. Hopefully it never is, and hopefully we never have to use a plan. But it's uh, actually pretty cost-effective to do a little planning now. An ounce of prevention now is better than a, a pound of cure later, and you may not even be able to do the pound of cure later. So who is this kind of planning appropriate for? Obviously, people that have got, you know, net worth and assets, et cetera, but is there a number, like if you're worth between half a million and a million, or if you've got a business, or um, if you're worth five million and above, like what's the, who should be thinking about doing this kind of planning? It's a good question. My, I'd say my lowest net worth client I've ever had was had maybe a net worth of thirty or forty thousand. Um, I've had clients over a hundred million. Um, for the clients with less net worth, the ones that usually come to me are ones where they know that they're at higher risk of being sued. Um, I've had clients come to me where they don't have a lot of assets, but they have a home with one or 200,000 equity, and they just want to protect that home and make sure it's around for their heirs. 
when they pass away and that it won't get taken away from them in the meantime, make sure it'll be um, there for retirement. So it could be people in the, you know, your average uh, middle-class everyday person. Although people who have more wealth are definitely a bigger target because when someone is sued, um, if there's a bigger pot of gold for an attorney to get by suing you, he's going to be more motivated to chase after you and more likely to sue. But anyone could get in a car wreck um, that's very significant where they're at fault, for example, and uh, or anyone can have bankruptcy issues or, or tax issues or anything along those lines. And if your life savings is only 50000 but you absolutely need that, then you may want to protect it. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, you had mentioned something about owning a business, and you had a, an LLC, which is a very, very popular form of business structure. However, you discovered as a young business owner that the LLC really didn't offer you any protection. Can you go into that? Because that is a misconception that is so out there that if you just start an LLC and put you know your business under that, that you're cool, you're good. Yeah, so... They, the part where I got into hot water was uh, I had signed personal guarantees, and a lot of business owners sign personal guarantees in order to um, get certain financing or even, you know, when you just sign a contract. You know, this was back in the early 2000s. I signed a contract for a T1 line, um, and I had to personally guarantee that and be on the hook for $1,000 a month. So that's just one example um, you know, we tell clients avoid personal guarantees, but you can't always avoid them. You, you may be in situations where it's part of the contract and um, it's it's the best service provider or the best um, partner for the deal. And so if you have that personal guarantee, that means um, a creditor can go after you personally if things go south. But also you may not be running your LLC correctly. A lot of people come to me and they're um, commingling their personal assets with their business assets. They're not running their business properly. And I use LLCs quite a bit. Part of my job is to coach people how to um, run the LLC properly so that you have uh, limited liability. You know, LLC stands for limited liability company. And you're supposed to have um, limited liability, meaning if you can't pay your business debts, um, you're not personally on the hook for that. But not only through personal guarantees, but through improperly running your company, creditors can get around that protection. And so a lot of people that come to me, they'll get an LLC for their business, but then they'll sign their, um, you know, they'll do asset protection for them personally. Um, and, and also, you know, if there is a lawsuit against your business, it's very common to add the, the manager or whoever runs that business, the corporate officer or whatnot, very common to add them to the lawsuit. And in that case, you don't get limited liability either if, if they say that, yeah, you were doing this in a business context, but you're still personally liable because you did something wrong as a person, therefore we're suing you too. So I think you do want personal asset protection. You know, over 50% of all lawsuits are business-related lawsuits. So if you run a business, it's, it's a good idea. Yes, and there are differences between a single member and a multi-member and different multi-member LLC and the different protections that you get, and that really is your area of expertise. You analyze what people have and say, boy, these are, these are the holes, right? Here, that you see a lot yep. of Swiss cheese out there. there yeah, a, a, um, a creditor's attorney 
has all these tricks to to pierce through your protection if you didn't set it up right. And so my job is to know what all their tricks are. And there's uh, as long as you do the planning before you're in hot water, there's a counter to every trick to um, make sure you don't have a Swiss cheese plan, but to make sure you have a solid plan. So if you come to me and you already have some planning done, I make sure it's in good order and I make it stronger. And if you don't have any uh, planning, then I'll set up the plan and make it strong from the start. Got it. So what important considerations do people really overlook um, when it comes to protecting their assets? Like, is it just the basic structure? Is it um, a do-it-yourself? Like, you, you do things yourself and you think you, you know what you're doing because, you know, in this age of Google, you can Google anything, right? You can Google articles of incorporation and bylaws and agreements. So what is it that you see people really overlook in terms of protecting their assets? So there's a few things, and there's probably about three or four different things. First off, um, there really is some merit to doing a basic plan now before you get into trouble. Uh, there's something called fraudulent transfer law, and um, some states are changing the name of that law to voidable transaction law. It's not fraud per se, but what it is, it's it's a remedy creditors use to collect on debts once they get a judgment against you. And one of the things they look at is if you transfer assets out of your name after you have been sued or you already know you're going to be sued, that a lawsuit is imminent or there's a good chance of one, then it's much more likely your asset protection structure is, is going to fail. And if you just, you know, gift your assets away to Uncle Bob, not only are there, uh, you know, so to speak, not only are there tax consequences to that you may not be aware of, but that's very common and very easily undone. So the first thing is some people may want not want to do a um, uh, super complex plan from the start. And, and I avoid super complex planning um, anyways, unless it's appropriate. But just doing a basic plan where you get assets out of your name now really helps um, avoid a fraudulent transfer ruling that can cause your plan to fail later. And what you can do is if you get assets out of your name now, then when you get in trouble, we can reinforce your plan and make it stronger. Um, but so first off, do some type of planning. Um, but you you mentioned do-it-yourself plans. The issue with that is there are several issues, but the first one is a lot of times there's painful tax consequences you may not be aware of. When you uh, transfer assets, um, I'll give you an example. I've seen people put uh, real estate into corporations, and then the real estate appreciates, and then they say, well, I want it back out of the corporation. Well, you take it back out, you're paying capital gains tax right there. So if you put in an LLC, you avoid capital gains tax. Or there may be other transfer taxes uh, that you're not even aware of. Or maybe you try and set up your own estate plan, but you live in a state like Washington that has an estate tax of 20% uh, on a net worth as low as $2 million. Or other states have state inheritance taxes that you're not aware of. And so you do your planning not considering um, these other things that could cause you grief or could cause your heirs grief down the line. Or you set up a plan and you say, well, great, I'm protected, but 
you don't understand what actually happens when a creditor chases after you. And so you have basically a placebo now. You sleep well at night, but then when your plans actually attack, um, you don't realize that, you know, and this is what happened to me. I set up an LLC, thought I was good to go. Didn't realize that, nope, creditor has other options that I wasn't fully aware of. And there's all sorts of um, tactics they use to, you know, pierce your entity, to say it's your um, alter ego. Uh, You know, there's some other technical things that I won't get into. But if you want a plan that already counters all these things that a creditor could do, and that is low maintenance, that is uh, tax neutral, doesn't cause you tax pain, and that actually even causes tax savings much of the time. Uh, that's why you go to a, um, you know, someone that makes all these considerations uh, where, um, you know, divorce laws considered, bankruptcy laws considered, tax laws considered, estate planning is considered. Um, regular fraudulent transfer law, debtor creditor, um, you know, law collections law. Uh, a professional considers all those things and when putting together a plan and then tailors it towards what's best for you. Um, I would say that if you just want to, um, for example, you, uh, if I were a person um, who said, well, I just want to set up an LLC and just start a real simple business. Um, at the very least, run that by a tax professional to make sure that you're getting all the tax savings and not causing more tax uh, pain for yourself. Um, and and I think there's, you know, if it's something very simple like that, just an LLC for your business, it's okay to run it by a tax professional. And uh, at least while you don't have a lot of assets, um, that might be acceptable. But, you know, of course, I would say, you know, you run it by a professional, you're always going to get a, a better product. And even if you have just a do-it-yourself one-member LLC, what you may not be aware of is you may end up be paying, for example, a lot more in self-employment taxes than you would if if you had it set up correctly. Um, self-employment tax, it's it's 15.3% tax on top of your income taxes, and a lot of times we can cut that in half. So even if you know you have profit of forty thousand um, dollars, we could still save you two or three thousand dollars, which for something very simple will more than pay for your plan in the first year. Um, even setting up something very simple, you get enough tax savings to pay for it. So at the very least, run what you're doing by a tax professional, but, you know, of course, a professional that considers everything is going to get the best overall plan for you. Absolutely. Because if you talk to someone who's got a niche in just one one field, like tax specialists, uh, they don't necessarily see the bigger picture and don't see the issues with asset protection or estate planning or, you know, whatever. So it is super, super important to have the the specialization, right, of uh, how all of these different areas can affect a plan. Estate planning. Yeah, that's, for, that's right. And it can actually be a little bit like doing surgery sometimes um, because, you know, it's kind of like if, if you do planning for on, on one aspect, it may impact um, other aspects that you're, that you're not even aware of. And and so we know all the uh, a professional knows all the pros and cons and says, hey, if you do option A, it's going to be a drawback here, um, and and the drawback may or may not be a big deal to you. You may not care, or you may care. So we'll set it up so you get all the benefits you want um, with 
you know, while minimizing the drawbacks. So estate planning, you know, I've got many, many clients that have done estate planning. And so they're thinking, well, you know, is it really necessary to do asset protection since I already have my estate plan? Um, that's a good question. A couple things is a lot of estate planning can be updated now because as of 2013, there was a new estate tax uh, and, you know, estate planning regime um, put in. And your planning could be updated. Uh, the big thing now in estate planning is to optimize your basis. And what that means, um, optimization of basis, is normally when you die, if you have appreciated assets, they get stepped up in basis. And what that means is when your errors, um, they get stepped up to fair market value. And what step up in basis means is if you normally buy an asset, let's say you buy a um, a rental real estate for two hundred thousand dollars, and let's say over twenty years it appreciates to four hundred thousand. If you sell it, you have to pay tax on that appreciation. You pay capital gains tax. Well, when you die, you get a step up to fair market value, meaning um, meaning that when you sell that asset, um, the basis is adjusted to fair market value when you die so that you're not going to pay extra tax when, when the heirs um, sell the asset. And this is automatic. It's a freebie. Um, what people don't realize is a lot of plans uh, that were um, made in the past don't optimize this basis and step up. But you can also do planning now um, that allows for a step up in basis um, when you have an elderly relative that passes away, you can get a step up in basis for your own assets in your lifetime. There's a special provision we put in the trust, and it's not something that will work for everyone, but it'll work for a lot of people. Uh, I have clients come to me, and they may have one or two or three million dollars in appreciated assets. We can get that stepped up um, when their elder, elderly relative passes away. We can step up to five million in assets. So they can then sell those assets in their lifetime and pay no capital gains tax. So that's one part of estate planning that's pretty new. But in addition to that, uh, you know, the the staples of estate planning are trusts and LLCs. Those are also the staples of asset protection planning. So why not combine the two? And, you know, estate planning makes sure that your wealth passes to your heirs and it makes sure if it's done right that your, your heirs won't squander your wealth, that your heirs will be take, taken care of that um, if you wish, which most people do, that you avoid probate. Um, probate is, you know, the court-appointed process when you die of distributing wealth to your heirs. And so most people, a lot of people will do a living trust to avoid probate because they don't want the court to be involved. Um, but if you're already doing a trust or a trust in an LLC, you might as well get that asset protection and not only make sure your wealth, you know, if you're concerned about your wealth going to your kids, um, and grandchildren and them not having it squandered, I think you probably care about it being protected while you're alive as well. And and since you use trusts and LLCs for both, you might as well combine the two and kill two birds with one stone. So, you know, I have people with estate planning come to me and we update their plan and get them tax savings and other benefits they may not have right now and then add in asset protection uh, to boot. You know, Ryan, it just reminds me, I mean, I've worked uh, with money over 30 years now, and I've just seen what what can happen in life, and it does happen. Life happens, and hopefully, you know, you can get through life unscathed, 
completely and totally, and that typically doesn't happen. The more stuff that you've got going on and the more accumulation of assets, the more stuff is just going to happen. It's just life, right? And yeah, it's just are life. so focused on building the wealth and maybe preserving the wealth to pay for retirement because there's just so much focus on that. The, the mainstream media, Wall Street, puts so much focus on, on that area, accumulating and building and paying for retirement. And people really don't put the time and energy into preserving what they've got. And I love the analogy, you know, building that battleship. So when life does happen, you're protected and you're talking about, you know, the estate planning, which some people will do. It's amazing how, how few people will do that. So few people have updated their wills or have guardianship for their young kids. I mean, it's, it's really very unsettling because people just don't think life is going to happen to them. And it does. It, it just does. Maybe from a statistical perspective, you know, out of 100 people, maybe it'll happen to 10% or 20%, right? But you don't know if you're going to be that 10 or 20 percent. And yeah, that's right. Building. Well, and it's kind of like insurance. You know, most of us aren't going to get in a car wreck anytime soon, but we get insurance just in case. If you look at asset protection, in the long run, it's <clears throat> much, much cheaper than most types of insurance. You know, you pay an upfront flat fee and then it could be, you know, as low as a couple hundred or a few hundred dollars a year to maintain your plan. And, and that's it. So as, you know, insurance relatively, you know, speaking in analogy to that, it's pretty inexpensive in the long run. Um, and insurance can fail us sometimes. Uh, there's claims that are denied. There's uh, coverage limits that are exceeded. There's all sorts of riders and exclusions in insurance. So asset protection is a good backup plan. And, you know, while we do asset protection, let's get you tax savings. Let's get you estate planning, uh, too. And and if in 30 years um, you only get sued once, but it's a monster lawsuit, you'll be glad you did some planning so, so that you can weather that storm and survive. So... Briefly, you've got a really cool strategy of setting up trust and putting elderly relatives, um, appointing elderly relatives as um, having some kind of power of appointment to save taxes. Can you briefly discuss that? Because I think some of my listeners might really be intrigued with that. Sure. So I touched on that uh, just a little bit earlier. Um, we can set up a trust where you give what's called a power of appointment to an elderly relative. And many people I know, um, you know, they'll have an 80 or 90 year old, uh, you know, grandma or uncle. And a lot of the time, um, they're already helping these people out, uh, somewhat. Maybe the person's living with them, um, or maybe they're, you know, helping them with, um, you know, certain expenses. Um, but regardless, if you have someone like that, um, you can give them a very, very limited power of appointment in the trust you set up for yourself. A power of appointment is a power to take trust assets and distribute it to a class of people. And the power of appointment may give someone a power to dis distribute trust assets to anyone. 
or it may be a very narrow power where only you know a very narrow set of people can be given trust assets. Um, also, this power of appointment, it might be exercised only at when the person dies. We call that a testamentary power of appointment. And it might be exercised only cons- with the consent of someone else. So what we do is we give a very narrow power of appointment to your elderly relative according to the terms of your trust. And then um, we narrowly craft it so that they'll need someone else's consent. And if they exercise that power of appointment, it will go to your descendants or some, you know someone you'd want it to go to. But um, in most instances, the power won't be exercised, but it's you know it could be um, exercised in a way where it's very narrow and you wouldn't mind. And by giving them that power, um, when they pass away, even while you're alive, it will cause assets in the trust to be included in their estate um, for estate tax purposes. In reality, the assets stay in the trust the whole time. But um, because of how we draft it, to make a long story short, when they pass away, there will be a step up of trust assets to fair market value up to, it could be up to $5 million or even a little more of step up. So what's very advantageous here is, say I have someone come to me and they have a lot of real estate that is appreciated. You know, they bought a million dollars worth of real estate. Now it's worth three or four million. Or it can be stocks and bonds. And, you know, they bought um, $100,000 worth of stock and it's now worth $400,000. Um, if they sell it, they have to pay capital gains tax. They can pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in uh, taxes. But um, with this strategy, when that elderly relative dies and when you do this trust, You'll get a step up in all those assets to fair market value so that you can then sell them without paying capital gains tax. So not only do you get the estate planning, because we'll take care of all of that with this trust, not only do you get that and the asset protection um, to protect against your heirs' creditors, to protect against your creditors or other storms that can come along, but there is, for some people, there's potentially a very big um, tax upside here. And we call this the upstream upstream beneficiary OBIT or just the upstream OBIT. Um, that's the type of trust we call it. Um, and it, there's a few different ways that it can be done, but that represents the cutting edge of uh, estate planning as well as asset protection. Um, there are um, some very good attorneys and, and other practitioners that are doing this, it's um, fairly established that um, that this can be done. The law is pretty clear with these special powers of appointment, but it's really cutting edge, and it's something that's just catching on now where a lot of planners are starting to do it. Um, your average rank-and-file planner um, may not even be aware of this type of planning yet, um, but it can be a very big tax savings for some people. So before we wrap this up, and this, I hope that people have a sense of urgency after listening to the show and recognizing if you've got any assets that you really want to protect uh, and have really peace of mind, right? Peace of mind that comes from really having a strong battleship in case anything happens. Um, and hopefully you're not that person that something happens to, right? Um, but if you are, you'll have your battleship in place, right? To not only survive, but thrive. So that's right. 
what would you say, uh, and I bet you get asked a lot about offshore asset mm-hmm. protection, that just sounds so sexy and people just love the concept of it. Um, what are your thoughts on it and who's it appropriate for? Well, I do both domestic and offshore planning. And, you know, I have a lot of uh, tools in my toolbox. And uh, the reason for that is not everyone wants to go offshore. Some some people just want to stay domestic only. And that's fine. And, you know, some people will want to trust. Um, some won't. Some will want an LLC. Some won't. Um, the big thing is I do have people wanting to go offshore. And, yes, offshore asset protection can be stronger than domestic protection. But if you go offshore – um, you have to know what you're doing. Um, there are several potential traps and minefields when you go offshore. And even if you do it right, it can be expensive to maintain a plan. For example, let's say um, you set up an offshore trust. Well, your offshore trustee fees, um, even a good trustee that's relatively inexpensive will be maybe $2,000 a year. But then you have to um, file certain disclosures with the U.S. government. If you don't file these disclosures, there can be very high penalties. Um, but if you do file the disclosures, um, such as there's um, an annual tax return for your trust, it's called uh, Form 3520, and that can cost um, a good chunk of money for the CPA to prepare. There's some other forms. Um, if you have more than $10,000 offshore, you have to file a FinCEN form, and again, you have to pay a tax preparer for that. So, all all things considered, if you set up an offshore trust, you may be spending three, four, five thousand dollars a year to maintain it. So, people come to me and they say, "Well, I want to go offshore, but I don't want to spend that much." And if you're in that camp, then what we can do is we can set up a domestic plan where you're filing either no extra tax returns with the domestic plan or maybe one, and it's a domestic return that your average rank-and-file CPA um, who doesn't charge an exorbitant amount per hour will be able to handle. And so we do a domestic plan for you, but we can put an offshore component in it that is relatively inexpensive. And what we're doing is If you remember at the very beginning of this program, I I said, if you do a basic plan, it gets the assets out of your name now so that it's much less likely a fraudulent transfer claim will be successful. And fraudulent transfer claims, they tend to be the bane of asset protection planning. You know, um, people set up a plan after they're already in trouble, and then that plan gets undone with a fraudulent transfer claim. Well, you do a basic domestic plan now. And that gets the asset out of your name, so fraudulent transfer is not a concern. And we put a mechanism in there that if the crap hits the fan and if you need to go offshore, the assets will quickly move offshore. And you're actually not going – well, we can structure a number of ways. We can make it so you move assets offshore if you want to retain control. But the best way to do it is someone else moves assets offshore without you doing anything, and, and that makes you look good in the eyes of, of a judge because – it shows you're not doing anything to um, evade a judgment. And so what we have now is a plan that goes offshore when it needs to, and it's even strong when it stays domestic, and you may keep everything domestic, but you're only having to pay these more expensive maintenance costs for an offshore plan when you're under the gun, when you know the, um, the seas are stormy, 
you know, when you, you're getting sued or you have some other type of um, big threat. So you're only paying the extra three, four, five thousand a year in maintenance costs when you know you need to. And in the meantime, you have a um, inexpensive plan that doesn't cost as much to set up as an offshore plan now and doesn't cost nearly as much to maintain. And so you kind of get the best of both worlds um, where you have the extra strength when you need it, but not the extra expenses when you don't. So I do a lot of planning like that, but I really do whatever the client needs. Some clients want to go offshore from the start. Some clients never want to go offshore domestic only. I'll, I'll explain the pros and cons of each approach, and then um, the client does what they think is best. I'll, I'll do that for the client. Got it. Got it. Well, I think the work you do is so, so important. I love the fact that you have uh, an expertise in how all the pieces of the puzzle work together and because there are a lot of moving parts. So um, it's also not, you know, you don't have to do 100% of the work. You work with clients' uh, existing team as well, just adding your area of expertise to uh, the team. So there's a lot of different ways that you can work. Uh, I love referring you to my clients. Uh, Thank you. Protection estate. Yes, absolutely. And asset protection estate planning, as you know, are so crucial. Uh, I think all the time, but especially in times like these, right? We are at a market high in terms of real estate and Wall Street and a lot of privately held companies. And there are always corrections. And when there are corrections in the market and corrections in the economy, uh, things tend to happen that are not favorable in terms of assets, and there's more risk out there. So if you've made some really good decisions in the past and you've built up your wealth, now it's just as important to thoroughly think about and think through the steps needed to safeguard and protect that wealth. Build up that battleship so you're not a dinghy out in the ocean and one storm hits and you've capsized, you're done, right? Don't just assume everything will pan out. Yeah, and this is actually, I think, the best time to do something, and I'll explain why. Uh, You know, we know we have a cyclical economy, and, you know, bubbles are blown, a bubble in the housing market, bubble in the stock market, and everything's rosy. and, And markets, you know, they take the stairs up and the elevator down, And, you know, just remember back in 2008, everything was rosy. People were making tons of money in real estate. The stock market was doing well. And then there was a big unexpected uh, crash. And not only did the stock market fail, but people's businesses failed. And then the lawsuits started flying. You know, they had, um, I had all sorts of people come to me where their business was failing and now their personal guarantees are getting called on or they had a lot of rental real estate and now all their properties are underwater and they're getting short sales and they're getting foreclosed on. And, and um, you know, they were worried about banks coming after them for deficiency judgments because they still owed money after the foreclosure. And that's not the good time to do planning because um, if you do planning after you're already in hot water, um, then that is, uh, that's where we have problems with fraudulent transfer law where a plan is more vulnerable to uh, to being undone, um, a lot of people think we're at the top of a bubble right now. And I'm not an expert at calling the tops of markets, but we know that the stock market has exploded from a low of about 6,700, and now it's uh, it's just a very high level. 
And so who's to say that we're not at the top of a bubble? Um, while things are well, that's when you do the planning um, before the, the crash. And who knows when the, cra- the next crash will be. You want to do it before then. Got it. Words of wisdom. Thank you so very much for joining us, Ryan, on Living Thank Wealthy you, Radio. And please tell our listeners how they can reach you directly. So my website is www.pfshield.com. P is in Paul, F is in Frank, S-H-I-E-L-D.com. And would you like me to give out my phone number? Uh, if you're comfortable with that, absolutely. Sure. The number is 800-798-2008. And if you call and ask, I'll send you a complimentary copy of the asset protection book I wrote with Dr. Arnold Goldstein. And uh, thanks for having me on your show. Oh, our pleasure, Ryan. And we will also post the show on livingwealthyradio.com. Or you could reach us directly and we can introduce you to Ryan Fowler. So again, thank you, Ryan. And uh, we'll speak soon. Take good care. Thanks. Bye, Teresa. Bye-bye, Ryan. You've been listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. Download or subscribe to our podcast to hear a new show every week. I am Teresa Kuhn, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I show you ways to live wealthier. Resources are available for you on our website at livingwealthyradio.com.